Episode 16, the Coys Are Us podcast. We are back. Ben is here. He's in Chicago. Jesse's here. He's in Memphis. And I'm here in Washington, D.C. Uh, Kimmy is not with us. She's still recovering from her Euro trip. But we're going to forge on with the Boys Club for today. Uh, a lot to talk about, guys. Even though we haven't really played a lot of football since our last episode, it still feels like there's a lot that's been going on. So... I guess we can just jump right into it. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, the midweek match that we had um, against Marseille. But first, I think we got to talk a little bit about the game that didn't happen. We we said in the last episode, something weird's going to happen. Whenever we play City, something weird's going to happen. And something weird did happen, but it wasn't quite exactly what we were expecting. We didn't play. We didn't have a game. The Queen died. Premier League decided... They're not going to play any games. This was not the government's decision. They left it to the leagues to decide independently, and the Premier League decided we're not going to play. Not so to get political, I'm generally small government, and this was an instance of small government, but it's just like they should have done the opposite. They should have forced the Premier League teams to play. The people of England need some joy in their life. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if they would have done that because maybe that's like – no, of course they wouldn't. I'm being, I'm, I'm kidding. But like generally like, yeah, this was, I normally like, Hey, government. well, that's a funny thing. Cause the rugby Individual league groups still decide. played. Right. Um, there was still rugby. There was still golf. Uh, but that's because no media goes after, uh, goes after the FA and, and football more than they do the, the, I think there would have been more political fodder. basically if, if uh, football had gone ahead with matches. 100%. I saw one and I don't know if it was a joke or not. It was just difficult to tell because it was just it was a Reddit post, but it was some low low division team. But it said because the queen has passed, um, uh, we will not be playing our uh, league match against I don't know who it was Ham Hamsby Town or something at 1030 on <laughs> Worcestershire. Worcestershire. Sure. Yeah, so United. instead we'll be playing it's a Worcester. friendly versus Hams Hamstown at 1030 on Saturday. It's like we're still going to play. <laughs> You know, it's a super low division, but like it's not going to count for points. We're still going to play because we're here, kind of a thing. Well, that was kind of kind of neat if it was real. In honor of the queen, we're doing a friendly instead of yeah. competitive. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder though, is there like there's not really an equivalent here, obviously, because we don't have a figurehead. Uh, there was, you know, nine uh, eleven. I guess would be that. It's, I'm trying to think of like what the equivalent. If a president were to die, would we cancel all our games? You think? I, I think guess a president would die is different because a president dying, they're allegedly at least supposed to be an actual somewhat in their not in their prime by any stretch. These eighty year olds right. keep electing, but they're cognitively <laughs> like, they're close. Yeah, Biden is a young spry. Uh, yeah. He's never going to die. The yeah. queen was she was ninety something, right? I mean, she's ninety six. Ninety six. Yeah. Right. Like my nana just died at ninety five. It was not that big of a surprise. It was sad. But it was mm. not kind of like I didn't get the call and was like, oh, my God, what? Like, it's like once you hit right. a certain number, it's kind of like this isn't as surprising. So you're, you're right. I don't know if there is a certain person because hopefully we wouldn't elect an even older person than we've elected of recent years. Well, the, uh, way, the way we're going, we, we might we might elect yeah. a 96 year old. <laughs> but yeah, it's a bit so it's a bit surprising, but I, I don't know if there's a. Yeah, obviously, again, 9-11, a different type of situation, but that was, the, there were obviously some games canceled. I don't know if there's other things, if there's an individual that we could really compare it to 
Uh, in I the guess US. we'd have to look up and see what happened Oprah. in the 60s. Oprah's the closest I think we have, right? <laughs> the queen of the queen of the U.S. is Oprah. Um, I mean, she might as well be. I, I, I'd be interested <laughs> to see what happened in the 60s when JFK got killed. If they like stopped playing, yeah. Sports. No, that's I was thinking about the like, assassination. You would think that the the world would stop, or the U.S. would stop everything for a day or two if it was an assassination. I would think. And yeah, the Kennedy, I guess we should have done some research here, but uh, I, that's probably the best example, right? Most well, that's, example, that's Jesse's right? fault for bringing up something that we didn't know he was going to talk about. So uh. <laughs> I actually was thinking about this, too. I was thinking about the same thing. It's just it would I think everybody thinks this a little bit, especially where we don't have a, a monarch. Right. Is uh, is how seriously do the majority of Britons take their monarchy? Like how how what percentage do you think of English people are like devastated or are really upset or, you know? Which... I, I, yeah. I don't think I know enough Brits to really be able to answer that, but I, yeah, I, I imagine it's probably a lower percentage than people think. Um, I think that's probably true. It's probably you know, a generational I, yeah, I mean, thing to some degree. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, yeah, I think it's definitely generational and like, you know, again, I don't know a ton about British politics, but, I don't know how much the royal family affects the average English person's life <laughs> in a way where they're going to like necessarily be devastated. Um, I think it is more of like a traditional thing. Um, so I, I do imagine that there probably is some generational divide and there. a gossip thing. It's almost, it feels like almost a reality TV thing at this day and age. And I know that that's taken it a little, maybe a little too like blithely, but it's it seems like it's more about tabloids and stuff with the, the royal family and even from the U.S. perspective, like there's tabloids over here that like to write about that stuff, especially with, with Meghan Markle and her involved yeah. in the uh, family. Now it's become it's it's crossed the Atlantic Ocean. Uh, but to me, it almost seems more like I said, like a reality TV gossip. I think it's been like that for a couple decades going to, to at least, you know, Princess Diana. Well, I, I don't have too many opinions on the Queen, but I do have opinions on our schedule. The fact that now we didn't have this city match. Um, they're going to have to play it. They got to play their 38. Um, and so now we have to figure out a way to reschedule this game. But of course, this is the most difficult year of all years to be able to do that because there's a World Cup in the middle of the season. And especially against City, because they're not exiting any of the cups early, at least not likely, right? Right. Like we're not right. So yeah, that's the gonna... other thing, right? So if we're looking at the current schedule for the season, um, as I said, there's a World Cup right in the middle of the season. Because of that, all of the competitions that we have from the Premier League to European play to the FA Cup to the Carabao Cup, um, because we're basically losing a month of time, everything's been jammed together. So basically the majority of the season is going to be two games a week. Usually you're only seeing that during the festive fixtures around boxing day. You might see it a little bit, you know, in the spring when uh, some of the cup competitions get super busy, but for the most part, you're not seeing two games a week over and over and over again. I remember a few years back when Jose was manager and we had a whole bunch of games when we were like trying to qualify for Europa League and and he was complaining about how we were playing matches every three days. Now that is the norm for every team across yeah. uh, the Premier League. And so when we look at the games that uh, or rather the weeks that are available for us to have a midweek match, the first vacant midweek is until April 4th, which means to Ben's That's point. Insane. The only time that we can actually reschedule, and, and to be clear, there are only three vacant midweeks all season. 
Um, so that is only, completely insane. I didn't it realize it was, I mean, I, I knew it was a packed schedule, but to actually hear the numbers like that, that is completely insane. I mean, there's going to be three matches in a week type material here coming very soon. And I think that also goes back to like some of the comp- the conversations that we were having in the summer about our need for squad depth and, and some of what the summer signings did didn't necessarily change our starting 11 drastically, although it does look like Richarlison's pushing his way in there. We'll get to him in a second. Um, but what we did do is make sure that we had at least two players at every position. And now we're seeing why that's going to be such a big deal because yeah. you can't play guys eight times in a month for eight months, right? Like that's just not sustainable. Well, this is going to be like COVID ball basically all year now, rather than just like two or three months of, uh, of, of every team just having stacked fixtures and, and uh, you know, a, a million hamstrings silently pleading for less. I mean, like, there's going to be so many injuries. Uh, you're right though, that this is, this, this is going to benefit the bigger teams though, uh, as do the five subs, just yeah. having a, a deeper squad is going to be even more um necessary this year than it has ever been probably and we've got to see Conte use them you know and yeah yeah it's more because we can't keep or rotating more because for sure I mean American football is a significantly much more violent and collision oriented sport than than uh, world football is ever going to be but it's going to start to have some of those same parallels where it's gonna be like hey it's kind of survival at the end it's next man up you're gonna need to be starting your you're not first choice dudes sometimes by choice, sometimes not by choice when it gets towards the end of the season, you're just going to be dropping bodies. And sometimes in big games, like, yeah, that's the other thing. Like you can't save all your best players for the big games when you have big games every week right? or when you have, you know, a quarterfinal and then a a FA cup fourth round. And then you, and then the next week you got to play Liverpool. It's like, all right, well, what's, what's the big game that I'm going to save my big guys for? Like, no, everybody's going to have to play. I'm curious actually who Conte was planning on playing. Cause I saw some quotes today from his press conference in Portugal. And he was basically saying he had some ideas for the team, but now since it's been changed, that's his ideas are changed. So I wonder if he was planning on playing I mean, I, I would have thought that like Kulisevsky would get in there and maybe finally bench Son. Wait, he, wait bench what did he say affected his plans? He said, effectively, he said that he had an idea who was going to play against City, but since that game didn't happen, now his, his mind has changed about who necessarily would be the starter, I guess, you know, presumably in the, uh, is it Lisbon? Game? Yeah, Sporting Lisbon, yeah. Yeah, so basically it's, it sounds like he was going to play some, to me, the way I would take that, I would interpret it is he was going to play some subs against city. And now he's playing because he, under, he played kind of a full strength against um, Marseille, right. After doing the same against, is it Fulham? No, no. Mar- yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was Fulham and then Marseille. I mean, I think, yes, you can rotate because now you have a week between games instead of three days. Um, but I also think you can rotate because you're playing in a different team, right? Like <laughs> you're not, you're not playing. It sounds to me like he's not going to rotate now. Is what it, that's the way I interpreted it. Like oh, I said, I he see. left it vague. He made it sound like he was going to play some players against City, but now that that's not happening, and now I'm like, oh, that means Sun's going to be starting again, probably. And, and I mean, to be fair, we'll, we'll get into Marseille, but well, Sun well, he hasn't stopped. He hasn't, her, yeah, he hasn't stopped starting. Um, yeah, he, hasn't, exactly. he hasn't stopped starting. That's a little odd. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I think the other thing is like the only way that we can. Remat redo or rather reschedule this match against City anytime before April or or June 
or may maybe is if one of us drops out of a cup competition early, which like you don't both really see that happening. Right, right. Exactly. Both of us have to. Yeah, exactly. So like we would both have to be available to play during the fourth round of the FA cup because we both lost in the third round. Right. And, and like, like city that. makes city makes two finals a year. It feels like, and Spurs make one final every two years or three years. So like this, I don't feel like it's happening. Right. I would be fine to be honest with us, just like forfeiting the Carling Cup and at least that one, like the fourth competition. Carling Cup. <laughs> what, what is it called now? What is Care it about called? now? Vintage. I like that. Carling's vintage. Care about the energy drink. Care about. Yeah, Kong. it was it was Carling Cup the last time we won it, so I, we can keep calling it that. <laughs> it's <laughs> always Carling Cup to us. Yeah. Maybe if we call it that for the rest of the season, we'll actually win it again. Who knows? Bring good luck. Yeah. I mean, no, it, I, so uh, this is what I want to know. Like, what do you guys think? Is this? Is there any positive to come from this? <laughs> I mean, obviously, for me, I think the, the thing that makes me a little bit nervous about it is the fact that, you know, Chelsea away, West Ham away, City away, we were getting all of those big, difficult matches out of the way in the first seven games of the season, which to me, like, opened up the rest of the year for us to really, you know, put the pedal to the metal. Now, we're having to go to the Etsy had potentially in like match week 31 um, maybe it's so late that they, uh, they'll already be out of sight for the title or something though and they, they'll just, <laughs> they'll just know, give they'll, us the they'll be concentrating on the champions league at that point yeah when are we scheduled to play uh city in the second half of the season watch us play them like wednesday and then sunday or something stupid like that oh it would be like uh last year when we played chelsea, chelsea. three times in the span of two weeks <laughs> yep we did that against city the, in the in the in the quarterfinals, the 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 hip of Lorente game. Oh yeah, yeah. We played them in the league, and then the the back to back. The league was right in between the um, the two Champions League ties. Like you said, though, Joel, every it, weird stuff happens when we play City, and it kind of happened this time, even though or it did happen this time, even though we didn't play them. Um, maybe that means we're just going to sweep six points from Chelsea in like May or sorry, City uh, in May or whatever. I need to check when we play them as the uh, the home game against them, but. So our home game against Man City is February 4th. Mm. Um, It is between Fulham and Leicester. So exactly the same as uh, the the reverse fixtures, which the game was also between Fulham and Leicester. So look at that. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I don't know what's going to happen there. Um, I guess we just have to keep our fingers crossed. and, And there's so much that could happen between now and April. That is almost no point in thinking about it. But I think from here on, you know, our less our next league match is against Leicester City. That is a team that has one point in six matches. They are the absolute bottom of the of the league. And, and by all accounts, their coach was probably the one that we thought was going to get fired first. There's yeah, I feel like two fired I saw, before him. I saw a lot of Dr. Tottenham uh, talk on the uh on of Reddit course. and Twitter today, of, of course. course. Yeah. I mean, this is Spurs fans talking about it mostly. Some uh, some good medical malpractice jokes out there, but um, yeah. well, the other the other the other joke is you know us not playing uh, gives us another week of being undefeated. So uh, <laughs> we'll we'll see right. what happens, but we'll we'll talk about Leicester in a second. But before we get there, I did want to recap the Marseille match, which I was super happy about, not only because we won, but because I finally got a prediction right. Two nil Spurs. How about that? Was, we were so close too. Because who was it? Uh, was the, the the there was a save right at the very end. I can't oh, remember the Ben who. Ben Davis put his life on the line. Yeah. to keep the clean sheet. He <laughs> dove like, on I, the floor and blocked the ball with his head. 
I'll Maybe. take a clean sheet over a, uh, a a correct prediction, just because you know I'm 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 a team player here. But yeah, that was so close. <laughs> do, do we have a better player on our team at just like blocking shots? That's like, like his skill set. I feel like he's Ben a, Davis blocks a big a, shot like at least twice a game. He's Dyer's a blocking savant. Dyer's pretty good. That's because of his head, though. He blocks everything <laughs> with that noggin. Yeah. Richarlison scored for the first time as a, as a Tottenham Hotspur player, and then he scored again. Uh, both headers, both good balls in. Thoughts on Richarlison? I mean, he was obviously the man of the match. He scored a double. He was uh, just blubber in tears at the end of the game. He's just like dreams come true. His first Champions League match, and he scores twice to win the game. Um, how much do you love this kid right now? <laughs> yeah, we we knew this was going to happen already. We already all talked about it, how he's that guy you hate when he's on another team. But obviously, he's the best. He's great. He's so much fun to watch. He's all intensity, energy. I even like his haircut now. I mean, that's how, that's how I'm in love with the guy I've, I've become. Um, yeah, no, he's, he's, he's so tenacious defensively. He's just, again, a bundle of energy. Um, gives us a different, just a different feel. Uh, he's different. It's like how Kulu came in last year. He was just the yeah. perfect piece to fit. Uh, and I don't mean he's like Kulu, but it, he was the missing piece. Charleston, again, is just changes the dynamic of that front four or three or whatever it ends up being. Just the difference between, if we'll say, our, our main four attackers in Sun, Kane, Kulu, and and uh, and and now with Charleston, they're so different from each other. Like they just are such different types of players. And I feel like that gives us a lot of options. So, uh, but my main thing is just he just seems to really love playing. <laughs> you know, he he really seems to to love. Yeah. The sport and the uh, just the action, uh, his uh, kind of like shit housing is is funny now because he's on our team. You know him always like holding up the invisible card for the ref to uh, to, to <laughs> yeah. try to get the other team. Don't forget the card yuppies. Yeah, the keep you up the the uh, the uh, rolling around on the ground. You can definitely tell at one of these points he's going to have the same thing that happened was it David Luiz a few years ago. Where he's rolling on the ground. The camera catches him smiling while he's like pretending to be hurt. That's yeah. that's coming at some point. So, but yeah, I, I love the dude. I mean, Jesse, what do you think he brings to our front three that maybe we didn't have a year ago? I, I, and it's, it's in a different danger is the word that comes to mind. And just a different kind of chaos. Of yeah, chaos is a great way to say it. It's just it's a little bit like you know, um, you know. I guess if we want to, I'm, I'm thinking sort of here a little bit of uh, danger. And now I'm thinking violence. But like if like Kane's a little bit of like a sniper kind of like you know, and and Son's a little bit of like a like a slasher with a knife or whatever. Like where Charleston has like a freaking one of those things that with the with the stick with just nails coming out of it. Uh, a mace, I believe a mace, it's called. Yeah, it's yeah. A mace, yeah. Thing. Like he's like, what is he going to do here? He or brass knuckles? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he can kind of nunchucks. Yeah, yeah, he's like the the last person you'd want to see in a in a soccer street fight is him because you don't really know what to expect and he can hurt you in a bunch of different ways. Um, and and I think and just like and then is going to just you know run his mouth probably afterwards more than anybody else on our team. So I think yeah, just. A little bit of that element of chaos, a little bit of an element of, of unexpectedness, which just was one more thing for defenses to prepare from. I think we were always looking for like, we need a Harry Kane backup. And it's like, no, we didn't need a Harry Kane backup. We need a dude who can play up top or, you know, on the wing like he can, but does a different thing. It's a different type of game. He's If they've, if they've all scored 10 goals in a year, they're probably not going to have very many 
your 20 goals and you're not going to have very many that look alike. I think he just brings a different element. And I like the way you said about of chaos. And so I think that's been it. And absolutely the passion. I mean, like the, 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 um, the, whatever you'd want to call it that, that we were missing from Lamella, the, the fire, the, the, the getting, yeah, he's, he's almost stuff. like if Lamella came good with what we thought. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's that, I mean, he's, you know, he, and you could see him trying a Rabona too. I feel like, uh, sure. yeah, I mean, just, just, he's, well, well, Lamella did that out of necessity because he has no right foot. So, right. But, but like <laughs> it's just the, the amount of, of, of passion that he brings and nothing. I don't think we have a bunch of guys that are like, you know, really mailing it in, but like, he's a guy that like, you know, is just going to be nonstop. He, he plays in it with a lot more talent, but he plays a lot like, like a lot of American players that I feel like, you know, one of the things that the U S men's national team was always, they're always very industrious. Even when they weren't very good, they were going to run a lot and they were going to play physical. And you have that kind of element, um, except with a lot more skill, and a lot more danger. Yeah. No, yeah. He's, he's like that, that stereotypical scrappy player, except with the, the shit ton good. of talent. Yeah. yeah. It's, it, it is, it, it's a very good point. I, I agree a hundred percent. That's, that's what I see too. It's just like, he's obviously extremely talented, but, Man, he's so busy, so active. Like I said, he just seems so into it. I, I'm trying to think of anybody I can remember that just seemed so about every single part of every game, every minute. Like, obviously, there's guys like Kane that you can see the dedication to the game, blah, blah, blah. But he, it's different. <laughs> it's, there's something different where he just seems like, I don't know. It's, I, don't, I don't want to do uh, too much, uh, you know, um, psychoanalyzing, but it just seems like, he must live for the sport, right? Like more than almost anybody that I can think of where he, it just, he's at home when he's on the pitch and and that's like his happy place. And that's why he just, I, I don't know. Like I said, he just seems like he loves it more than anybody that I can think at all, really. Well, I think what I loved the most about that first goal particularly was the fact that you had Perisic on the left side, whipping in across to Richarlison knocking in it with his head. And these are two players that weren't on our team three months ago. Um, so I, that to me was like, we're scoring a winning goal in a Champions League match. This is why you sign guys like this, right? Like, yeah. I, I think both of them for different reasons um, came under some criticism in terms of why we were signing them. Perisic for his age, Richarlison for his price tag. But it's working. Right. And I, and for me, you don't have a big game that you need to win and where you don't put Parasich on the left side uh, because he's been that good in the first month. And Richarlison at this point, I think is making a name for himself, not only because of the goals that he scored last week, but also, like you said, his industriousness in the way that he fights hard, whether he's starting, whether he's coming in in the 75th minute, you're seeing the same level of energy. And it's kind of like, I, what, you, what I thought you were going to say before when you were comparing him to American players, I thought you were going to compare him to Lucas, who always had that industriousness, but just never really had the skill. He obviously yeah, Lucas wasn't was fitting athletic, great in the USMNT. Yo, yeah, 100%. Um, so for me, that was like super like vindicating to be able to see two new players. It kind of reminds me the goal. It kind of reminds me a little bit of like Dempsey, like a, a, a more. Uh, more prodigious, yeah. I guess, version of Dempsey, like very scrappy, but obviously some talent, um, maybe even more. And I do want to give a shout out real quick because Hoybier had the second assist and he he 
has he's just had more offensive output this year than like almost the last two seasons combined, right? He's already had a couple goals, some good assists, some through balls, some I just feel like he is I don't know. He's he's seeming more dangerous as an attacker. If I don't know if that's if only the right someone word, on the playmaker. pod had asked for that in August and July and was rebuffed by the other three quarters of the pod. Oh wait, I did. I was like, give me the Danish national team Hoiberg. Rebuffed. What did I say? <laughs> I was like, no, keep him box to box. Don't let him get in there. Now keep keep him as a defensive mid. No, I uh, yeah. I just. Yeah, I feel like Bentcore maybe has has given him a little. I mean, Bentcore looks the more silky, right? And and Hoybier looks like he's tr- he he looks like it's he's a more of a high effort player, and obviously he's very intense. But I don't know. It just seems like he's had some really good balls. I'm trying to remember some some more, but we we saw this at towards the tail end of last year too. To be fair, like the second half of last season, it, it seemed like Conte maybe opened it up a little bit and maybe gave him some impetus to uh, to try some of that stuff more. But it just seems like he's got what two goals? How many did he have before the season in the last two years? <laughs> Probably two or three. Yeah, and now yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I just um, yeah, I, I've really two liked two goals in two so goals far. in six matches is uh, six Premier League matches at least is uh, pretty good output. I, I'd love to keep the rose colored glasses on, uh, but I was gonna I, say I think... real quick, we 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 would be remiss if we didn't just just really quickly at least say that that first half was terrible. Like it well, was absolutely yes. terrible. That's a, and I we... was gonna talk about that, and I was also <laughs> gonna talk about the fact that uh, you know the, the the one fact of the game that we haven't spoken the about is the card? fact that Marseille got a red card with like well, five minutes into the second half. We we knew the game that, completely. We knew that we're we knew that we're more of a second half team. For one, to be fair, I think we were all fairly confident, at least when we went scoreless at halftime. Obviously, that first half was terrible, and I can't believe that it went in scoreless. But when we did manage to go in scoreless, I was pretty confident we would pull it off. I didn't realize how it would happen and that Sun would finally come good in a game, but it would actually be him just drawing a dog so foul. Um, so uh, very, it was very interesting. And then I, I feel like in some ways, if we hadn't gotten that red, I feel like we might have been more up for it earlier. Because when do we end up scoring? Like the 75th or something? 70, I don't know. Yeah, I don't it, was, it was in the 70s. Really late. The, the, yeah. the red card came at like 50. Um, yeah, so we were we were knocking on the door for about 20 minutes and it, it I mean it, it felt like it was coming but we just it, it just didn't happen until until that Paris is crossed I mean I don't want to keep saying the same thing every every episode but it does feel like we are creating this system of winning ugly um, which of course is you know three years ago when we were uh, a beautiful team to watch that was was losing in the 90th minute we were saying, you know, well, this is nice, but I'd rather us win the game. And now it's happening. And, and I've, of course, you know, fans are still complaining. Um, it's not as ugly as the Jose wins, though. I mean, winning ugly, like no. not being up for the first well, half. Well, we're also winning a lot more than we did under him as well. That's true. So. Although we, we start <laughs> off well with him. But the main thing is we're, we, we're very Jekyll and Hyde. I just feel like we, other than the West Ham game, which is somehow we had it reversed where we were a first half team and then just capitulated in the second half, every other match at – think every single match we've had right we've looked fairly poor in the first half and then better at least in the second half some just coming out blazing in the second half some a little more tentative but starting to break through other than the West Ham game that was the one where we kind of we dominated possession in the first half but couldn't do too much with it and then they obviously just started picking on uh, Emerson and, and Sanchez over there on our just completely flaccid right <laughs> build-up play but yeah we're obviously a second half team majority and we need to figure something out to get 
to you know kick into gear a little earlier. It'd be nice to be decent in the first half. Yeah, these and then be terrible in half. Not not you. I would take that. Yeah, nothing and then something. Yeah, I think a lot of times too, uh, we are looking for that offense that we know we're capable of. Um, the, The same offense that was scoring four and five goals at the end of last season. And the fact that we have arguably the most potent front three in the league, um, you're expecting a little bit more of an offensive output, I think. Um, and I think Conte generally has a different expectation and perspective on all of that. I mean, for him, as long as we're not giving up chances, we had a good match. Um, so even if we aren't looking like gangbusters, like we're going to score four goals, um, as long as we don't give them good opportunities, he's, he sees that as us playing well. And I yeah, think, I think that's, that is I think that's different than, you know, quote unquote Spurs football, what we're typically used to seeing. And so I think th- that is going to take some time for us to kind of have a shift in our mentality. I mean, when you think about teams that play that way, kind of like just making sure the other team doesn't score and then taking your chances when you get them. I think it seems like Chelsea, you know, like they've been playing that way for years and years and years. That isn't a way that Spurs have typically played. And so I I think there is going to be a little bit of a transition period for us to be able to like expect something different when we're turning on the games each weekend. Um, This is the Khoisar Us podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at Khoisar Us podcast. Um, my name is Joel. You can follow me on Twitter at Vernon underscore Virgo. Kim is at I am Kimmy's. Jesse is at Jesse Giorzi. That's G-H-I-O-R-Z-I. And Ben is just anti-social uh, media. So it's you bad know. for your brain, man. I'm telling you. <laughs> you can you can just you can just reach out to to our, our general page um, and, and we'll convince him to answer you at one point or another. Um, we now have two more matches coming up which we said last week it ended up being one, but I'm pretty sure we're actually going to play these two sporting Lisbon tomorrow, which will be today by the time you all are listening to this. And then Leicester on Saturday. Um, let's, let's start with sporting Lisbon, another team that's uh, kind of like Marseille. I don't know much about them either. <laughs> I don't know much about any of the three teams in our group. I hear uh, Lisbon's great though. I, I, that would have been a good one to get out to. Yeah, and 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 shout out to the fans that got tickets because uh, we are we are lucky enough to actually still be able to play that game. Uh, and there have been a lot of games that have been canceled and folks that got screwed out of traveling. So um, luckily, our game will go on. Um, what are our thoughts about this Sporting Lisbon matchup? Uh, is there anything we should be looking for? Um, should we be expecting anything from this team? I, I I'm deferring to you guys because I really don't know too much about them. Just Marcus right. Edwards. That's that's really the only thing yeah. I know about yeah. Sporting Lisbon is yeah. former uh, Tottenham. Uh, I think Pochettino said he was going to be the next Messi. He he looks that kind of player. When we saw him, I, I, I was watching uh, some of the match last week, um, and he he looked really good. Uh, it'll be obviously a, a different test for him against us. Um, he is obviously pacey, tricky. He can score goals. He's got an eye for assists. Looks, I mean, he's a good-looking player. I don't. Uh, aside from him, though, I know very little about the team, so I don't. I don't pretend to know more than that. Um, I guess I would. I'm just gonna go again with a. a I'm gonna go with a two-one again. The same thing as I did last week. I'll still be happy if we get the clean sheet, but I could definitely see Edwards getting on the score sheet. 
Um, it looks like they have, I think they played mostly on the counter. Um, uh, the, the last match, I'm bl- completely blanking on who they were playing. Who was, oh, Frankfurt. They played, right? they played Frankfurt, right? They beat and Frankfurt, and Frankfurt looked better for the majority of the match, but there was a, a little period sometime in the middle of the second half where they just got cut open for two goals right there. And then there was a third that followed when Frankfurt was completely committing forward. Um, I think it's, it, lo- it sounded like it was pretty disappointing for Frankfurt. I, again, was only kind of half-heartedly watching while, while doing work. But um, it sounded like, has Frankfurt not been in the Champions League for a long time? They were talking about it like kind of being a big yeah, deal. Yeah, I don't think so. Game. They also like qualified because I think they won Europa. Europa League last year. Um, right. For what it's worth, yeah, Sporting Lisbon seventh, is currently... Uh, yeah, for what it's worth, Sporting Lisbon 18, is currently seventh but... in their league, uh, the Portuguese league, uh, with a record of 3-1-2. and two. So they're not playing great football, but you know they're not three, bad either. They're, they're three goals up in the in the Champions League for right now. Yeah, I I think we should. I mean, as we talked about when we initially got the the uh, the draw here, I think we should be able to beat any of these teams home and away. Like, I mean, I really think. I mean, it's not going to happen because it rarely happens. But I really think we should be taking six points off of each of these teams. Uh, you know, it, we're fairly clearly the dominant team in this group the 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 other three all seem to be fairly similar to each other which is not terrible but nowhere near you know great um so yeah i'll i'll go to to uh two one yeah there's definitely no minnows as you'd call them in this uh in this group right. but there isn't there also isn't but they're all from big countries i mean even portugal no team from like bulgaria or something it's, right yeah. And even Portugal is is often some people say some years better than the French league, like top to bottom. And so, um, but also none of the it's it, but it's it's at the same time it's not you know Porto and Benfica. Bayern and you know PSG from each of these leagues. It's it's mid or right, mid table yeah. or 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 those kind of like secondary, well, typically secondary teams. So yeah, I don't know much beyond that. The Dyer played there as a as a youth, and that. Um, as we mentioned, Marcus Edwards is there. So uh, not that it's a, I, I definitely haven't watched a moment of, um, of, of uh, Premier Liga in Portugal, um, but of the top half table teams, they've given up the most goals, not a ton, but eight and six in their, um, in, uh, in their domestic league. Um, and so it doesn't seem like I'm with that three, one and two record, not less necessarily lighting the world on fire. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think we should be able to take care of business, but, but road games are always tough or way, the way matches are tough, especially like, you know, outside of Dyer, like, I don't feel like we've, a lot of these guys have played in Portugal. Now that it's a huge difference it's still a short flight, but I know less about this, this league. Um, but yeah, I think we should be good. I'm going to, I'm going to just kind of go with the, the, I'm going to keep the two O train rolling and, uh, and say two O on, uh, on this one. Mostly from from hope, less from knowledge of the opponent. Yeah, I'm a little, I'm a little, uh, hmm, a little stuck on this one. I I wanted to say three one. That was my initial hope um, and thought. <clears throat> I don't know that we're gonna actually jump out and score three goals though. So I I think I'm gonna go conservative and say two one. Now if we score three tomorrow, um, I'm gonna be, great. be really, I'm gonna be really pissed off that I didn't say it. Um, and then after that, of course, our game that will be going on this weekend is Leicester. And I believe that game is at home because we were supposed to be playing away to Man City, but that didn't happen. So home match 
Leicester City, bottom of the table, last match before the international break. Um, what are we thinking about that? I mean, is this a Dr. Tottenham situation? Or it's is this got a Dr. Game Tottenham just... written all over it, doesn't it? Um, but I think that the yeah, mentality yeah. is different and the, the, the depth and the maturity in the coach is different. So I think we're going to 2-0, 2-0, 2-0 out of the break. Um, but yeah, there, there does have, you're not, you're not Spurs if you don't have a little bit of that. Oh yeah, cool. In our last game before we're off for a couple of weeks against a team that's looked completely lifeless this year that are there. There's, they've been so bad this year. Already has people talking about, are they going to win the championship and then, uh, and then get relegated <laughs> within a six year span or whatever it is. Um, but yeah, I feel good. I think 2-0, 2-0 Spurs. I mean, we've, we, Leicester have had some interesting games against them. There's always, again, in a different way than city, but Leicester seems to have some interesting games. There was the one that, uh, that Kane scored that falling down goal. Um, I think it was also one of the games and that may have been the same one where Lucas fell down on the ball and was like bracing himself and they called it a handball. Oh um, God. Was, yeah. There was a five, three game to end the season against Leicester a couple of years ago. So Leicester games seem, you know, a lot of times kind of fun. And you can't forget the Steven Bergvine game last year. Right. That was I mean, like, I can't even Lester. get to that. Like there's, they, they've seen like there's one a year. That's, that's a pretty wild one. So hopefully this is not it. Hopefully it's a handle your business two Oh, um, and head into the break, everybody happy. Um, but uh, but that's my hope is is a, is a clean game, a little bit more of an impressive two zero, more of a Fulham two zero than a um, than some of these other two zeros we've had recently. At the Marseille two zero, um, yeah, no, I uh, I have a hard time, <laughs> I have a hard time going for us to uh, score more than two goals <laughs> in a game right now. I, I think that we're going to get there. I think that our offense is still going to click better than it has. Um, I don't want to just be boring though and pick two one for everything. That's like the safe bet, I suppose. <laughs> but uh, you're picking two oh three games in a row. All right, then that's fine. <laughs> hey, no, no, yours is more daring though. You're at least you're saying our defense is gonna be good. I'm basically saying we're gonna win, but just barely. That's that's my uh but I think I don't know. You like you said, there have been some interesting games with Lester. I remember also I forget was this two or three years ago where we had one of the first, one of those like uh, Harry Kane's armpit was one millimeter offsides, got oh, called boy. back goal. Like they're, they're, I, I, it's not exactly a bugaboo team, but I feel like you're right. The weird stuff happens. Um, I'm going to go, I'm going to go three nil actually. I'm just going it's, to, it's a more of a hopeful guess than anything. I'm hoping this is where our offense starts to click right before, of course, we go on international break and then we come back and do it all over again. But that's that's the way Spurs have always been, right? You can you start clicking right when you're about to uh, not have time to to like turn it into a, a trend. <laughs> so yeah, we'll, we'll go through you. Well, I've got another Leicester match. This was two seasons ago. Uh, it was the last match of the season, I believe, when Chris uh, Christian Bale <laughs> when Gareth Bale was on our <laughs> team. <laughs> I don't think Christian Bale ever played for Spurs. I'm pretty sure I've done that exact same thing before at some <laughs> point, though. Those uh, two uh, two Spurs greats combining to make a, uh, you know. A, I want to say we were, uh, we were down a goal and we needed to win the game, not only to qualify for Europe, but also to finish above Arsenal. And Gareth Bale comes in the game. He scores to tie it. And then he scores again with like, a minute left in the match to win the game. His last game at Spurs, he, he bags a goal to win it. Um, and we finish above Arsenal again. And um, 
I, I specifically remember that because I had him on my fantasy team that year. So he also won me my fantasy league. So shout out to Gareth Bale. Uh, shout out to Christian Bale too, I guess, uh, even though he he wasn't scoring any goals that day. Um, he's got the weirdest sounding uh, Batman voice, at least. Though, so. <laughs> yeah, he's got that. Good, good luck to that guy. Um, I'm gonna say three one. Um, I think that's. I think this is the game that gets uh, Brendan Rodgers fired. Um, Penalty last stuck. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I was looking up the highlights and unmuted it when I went on. That was perfect. That was perfect. I liked it. That was good. That's yeah. That was right on time for him getting uh him him getting the sack. So yeah, I mean, I think this is uh, a good a good way to kind of get rid of your coach right before a break. They have two weeks to find a new one. Um, you know, Spurs will basically get him out the door. Lester stays in twentieth, and we stay undefeated. It's perfect. Um, so I'm gonna go two one three one, and uh. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Hopefully, by the time we reconvene after this break, um, we're still undefeated. That's it for us. Hopefully, we keep it rolling, and maybe we even score some goals. Come on, you Spurs. Come on, you Spurs. Come on, you Spurs.